Hey, everybody. What's How's going it on? going? What's going on? Lucas and I are... We're putting out content for the fans. <laughs> um, we're, we're powering through some recordings. We're trying to get ahead again. Today is August 26th. This will be released two weeks from today, Lucas, right? Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. On the 9th of September. Uh, so who knows what will be different in the world in two weeks, right? <laughs> Thanks to the um, magic of time travel editing and release scheduling, we're basically in the future right now. Basically in the future. Um, it's kind of weird, kind of crazy though. Yeah. But Lucas, what what isn't weird and what isn't crazy is America. Scratch that. <laughs> a little weird, a little crazy. But specifically, you know, what is specifically weird and crazy about America, Lucas, is we have inscribed. Is that, is that the word I'm looking for? I, I don't know where you're sculpted. going with this. <laughs> we have inscribed or sculpted into rock four of our founding oh. fathers four yeah. very p- important people in american history this can be found in south dakota <laughs> at mount rushmore lucas and i found mount rushmore so inspiring actually that we decided we should do a mount rushmore of our four favorite games yeah yeah, um, we thought it would be fun to give everybody sort of uh, a level set when it comes to the games that we like. Um, obviously, we're a gaming podcast. We talk about gaming quite a bit. Um, we're getting a lot of new fans, uh, both joining the Discord, starting conversations, and people just discovering the podcast organically. So we thought it would be a really cool time to, um, never a better time than now, to um, get our own Mount Rushmore of games out there for for the world to know about. And um, I, I think that this will end up changing. This could be a fun segment to do over the years and really maybe like once a year, yeah. once a year and see how our perspectives shift. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting, you know, and I think for those of you that don't know, you know, your Mount Rushmore, it's just your top four. It's as easy as that. And honestly, I in South Dakota, who's on Mount Rushmore? Lincoln? Roosevelt? <laughs> I don't think Lincoln. I thought he was. <laughs> Washington? Roosevelt, Washington for sure. Okay, it's kind of ironic that everybody does Mount Rushmores, but I, I feel like most people don't know who's Washington, on Jefferson, Roosevelt. Oh yeah, and Lincoln. Yes, yeah. I was right. Yeah, okay, right. I love that Roosevelt's on there. I, I I'm a big Roosevelt fan. Teddy, yeah, <laughs> Teddy, dude. He said, "Speak softly and carry a big stick." Ah, oh, the man. Man, what a madman. Um, but but before we talk about our big sticks anymore, um, I want to I want to first remind everyone, Lucas, we have a Discord. Yeah, we uh, do. It's fun. It's a good time, and you can find that Discord in our link trees. You can find the invite to it in our link trees at uh, TFP Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. We're on TikTok there as well at the same handle. A lot of good stuff happening on there. Um, the Zoomies love us it's <laughs> it's never been a our, our stock's never been higher um and you know maybe you know the discord's you know you're, you joined the discord already but you want to get even more intimate with us um you can shoot us an email thanks for playing pod 
at gmail.com. And maybe you love the podcast so much, you had so much fun writing us an email, you had so much fun in the Discord that you decide you want to leave a review. So go ahead and leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, follow us on Spotify. Helps the podcast grow organically. That's right. And helps us be more inspired to bring you <laughs> exciting new content week in, week out. Because you know what's kind of crazy, Lucas, is I know we already talked about this recently for obvious reasons, but we have been for almost a year now, because we've been doing these Anything Possibles for almost a year now. We have for almost one full year now been consistently putting out content every Con- week. Content, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's a proud achievement, honestly. Um, the This podcast has been really fulfilling, really great. Um, it's just awesome to see it grow. It's awesome to play new video games. Awesome to hear people talk about video games. Um, people in my life are t- coming to me and asking me my opinions about games now. It's pretty fun. Um, and, you know, always being on the lookout and the hunt for new games and new topics. And uh, yeah, exactly. A year straight of weekly new content and podcast episodes. Uh, quite a dream achieved um, for, for myself personally. I know it's a big, big thing for you as well. So um, thank you for everyone out there for listening for a full year. Yes. Fun, fun stuff. And all right, so Let's we're, get to we'll it. get into this top four, uh, this Mount Rushmore of gaming. And the first one, Lucas and I both knew we would have, the. this would be on both of our lists. So we're kind of having one conjoined one, um, just so we don't like overlap and talk about it twice uh, for continuity sake. <laughs> <laughs> and I, at least I want to mention for me, I don't know if this is for you, Lucas, these aren't in any particular order for me for top four. It's just like a general yeah, top four. That's, yeah, that's... That's the that's the typical Mount Rushmore structure. Cool, cool. I'm new here. I'm new. <laughs> um, Lucas, would you like to introduce our first game? All right. The first game that came to my mind, um, we just did an episode on fighting games for an Anything's Possible. Uh, Matt and I talked extensively about the salt, the hype, um, the community, the traveling, um, and everything involving fighting games, specifically a fighting game very close to our hearts and on the Mount Rushmore for me and Matthew. Super Smash Brothers Melee. I, I'm i still playing this game 20 years later. Came out in 2000. Um, I, I just I made some quick bullet points here. Matt, you can feel free to shout out what you love about this stuff. But there's an infinite skill ceiling in this game. You could always get better. Um, it's always getting more. People are always advancing the meta. You could always watch tournaments. You could fill your life with as much hype as you want. Um, on a pretty consistent basis, if you visit Twitch, there's um, me. I can feel washed, but still play it and have a good time with some friends um, and still generate a lot of hype for myself. Um, just one of the many reasons I really love the game. Yeah, I mean, for one, the game itself is incredible. And for me, this is also like a Melee slash Project M because that's like I actually played. Well, I played Melee first, obviously, but Project M is like what really got me into competitive Smash as a whole. But in both of those games, there's there's so much freedom in the way you can play. And having played fighters, um, a fair bit of fighters growing up, and I mean, even if through video games at large, there's not as many games that let you really express yourself as well as Smash does and really lets you put your personality and your style of um, fighting games into your character, you know, and 
what people always say is like, oh, I can tell a, a PPMD Falco from a Mango Falco, right? And that's so true because like, and for context, those are two high level, <laughs> top, top level players that yeah. play the same character. But the way they play the character is so clearly and obviously different. It's like they're playing a different character. Yeah. Um, and finding that in a video game is so unique and all that stuff aside about the video game. I mean, and Lucas can attest to this as well. We've had so many incredible memories from uh, Smash in yeah. general. And I mean, that for fuck's sake, that's how we became friends. Yeah, made a ton um, of friends through the through the game. Yeah, just so, so many great people we've met. And uh, one of the most like unexpected communities I ever found myself a part of. And um, so many unexpected memories and friendships that yeah. spurred from it. Yeah. One, one thing I, I wrote here for, for my notes, and um, I know you're a fan of this thought in general. Um, I wrote here that this is going to sound really corny, but Super Smash Brothers has really taught me how to be honest with myself and my skills and my place in the world for better or for worse. Um, I recently got a recommendation from Matt to watch a show that some of you might know called Mob Psycho 100, which covers this theme um, quite a bit and like kind of just understanding who you are, your place in the world, your power level, right? For, you know, I say power level, but what I mean is just like your, your degree of talent for whatever it is you're trying to pursue, right? You're not always going to be the best at something. You're not always going to be the strongest or the most powerful. And I think that fighting games and, you know, playing a lot of melee is just my domain is, is, is where I've learned this lesson for myself is there's always going to be a bigger fish. There's always going to be someone better than you. And coming to terms with that is something not a lot of people really ever come to terms with, I think. Yeah. Um, and joining the FGC and going to tournaments and losing um, is important. And I, I don't want to like kind of sound, I know it might sound weird, but for those of you out there that that have lost quite a bit or you don't feel like you're skilled enough in whatever game you're playing or whatever you're trying to pursue, that's fine, right? It's being honest with yourself about your skill level and like saying, hey, I'm down here. I can be down here. Or if you are really that good or you you can take it to the next level, then you know that too. So I don't know. For me, that's that's just always been a big thing. Lessons in Smash, lessons in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even uh, like the, I, I tried to grind out for so long the tech skill and try to get better at the game at certain instances. We all did, right? Yeah. yeah and just... then you and then you go, you know what? It's not that what guy's I'm, yeah. that guy's going to beat me every time. And yeah. uh, and that's OK. Um, New master. And, yeah, yeah, and I think um, like I, I, we covered this in the fighting game episode. Uh, they keep you honest. It's just the truth. You it keeps know? you honest. Uh, yeah, it really does. And yeah. uh, being honest with yourself is such an underrated life skill. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Won't won't beat the dead horse, but I, I agree with everything you said. And go go watch Mob Psych 100 if you haven't. Um, <laughs> that'd be another good Mount Rushmore episode. Anime. Mount Rushmore of anime. Oh man! Oh fuck! I'd have so much fun with that. Okay, well, maybe we'll cue that up for anything's possible. Maybe that'll be the next one. Um, all right. Well, that's melee slash project dem. Everyone, yeah. um, Lucas, I'll go ahead and kick us off into our first one. We'll we'll alternate. So you'll yeah. do yours, and then I'll do mine. Go ahead. Perfect. I love that. So my next one that I got, it's a fan favorite. Uh, one one we played for the pod actually. Uh, Lucas, any guesses? Kingdom Hearts. No. Oh. Um, oh wow. Killer Seven. No, I love Killer Seven, but not for for. I love Killer Seven for different reasons than it's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I give up. Oxenfree. 
Oh, okay. I should have guessed that one. I have played through Oxenfree technically a total of six times. However, I personally consider a complete playthrough of Oxenfree um, to be playing through it twice because it has a very, very intensive new game plus mode that intensive is the wrong word. It has a very important new game plus mode after you beat it the first time that very much directly ties into your first playthrough. So technically I've beaten it six times. I consider it three full playthroughs. Um, There's no other game I've done that with. Wow. And every time I've played that game, every time, no matter what, without fail, there's always been new dialogue that I discover every time I play it or new little interactions or new ways that certain scenes can play out between characters. And we always talk about how I love like freedom and agency in games. And I do. And especially like up to this point, a lot of these kind of games that I've played where it's like choose your own adventure. A lot of the ones that I have played have been more so like the telltale, which never really, those are very much like the illusion of choice kind of games for me. Great in their own right, don't get me wrong, but like very much kind of like all choices lead to the same ending. Oxen Free, I really felt like for the first time, I really had control over the story. And I mean, we played it just last year for the podcast and I was just still having such a good time playing through it again and just so blown away that I was still finding new, uh, new things in it, you know, six years later having played yeah it, i think it came out in like 2016 but just blown away by that game so good night school studio i did themselves um after party not quite as good but they're coming out with oxen free too um sometime in 2022 i believe really wonder how that's Fing- gonna go fingers crossed um yeah i don't know exactly how it's gonna tie into alex's original story but it takes place on the same island from what i understand okay. uh so very very excited for that one and definitely we're gonna play that for the pod uh as soon as it comes out um all right super super excited for that one great great first mount rushmore pick i mean technically it's melee's our first pick but great first original matthew pick love it thank you all right um now mine all right this is um now my my mount rushmore i've played so many games right i mean we both have played many games uh throughout our life and um it was really hard. I wrote down just I started just writing down and typing out games that I really like. And I just kept going down a list of games. I probably have like a couple dozen just right here on my document. But the my methodology with my Mount Rushmore um, here is I try to pick games that really I feel like made the biggest impact on me, um, not the ones that necessarily I've played the most or, you know, not ones like that, but just ones that I think have set my life on a course in a certain direction for for any other reason, right? So for that reason, I have picked RuneScape on my Mount Rushmore. Um, RuneScape, I started playing when I was 10 years old. Um, I It was my gateway drug into MMOs. I remember getting a real hankering for wanting to join an online world when I was real young. Um, this was back before I, my parents even really let me use the computer. I didn't have one of my own. Uh, my parents were scared of the internet back then and didn't really let anybody use computers. Um, kind of a funny early internet time, like pre-social media. I'm not sure if some kids really remember that era. Um, but interesting times. And I remember just wanting to go online and discover something back then. And I, I Googled, did a Google search for free online multiplayer games and RuneScape came up. And, um, you know, played it, made an account and uh, went through Tutorial Island and uh, went to school the next day, convinced all my friends to play it. We were in fifth grade. 
um, probably got about five people to play it that night. And <laughs> it was not a downloadable game. That was a big deal, you know, is playable on your browser. Right. So I had so many friends that were just able to kind of jump in at super that Super accessible. Start. Yeah, super accessible. A lot of friends joined in, good barrier to entry. Um, one of my friends, um, who is still my friend to this day, I just watched a Dodger game with him yesterday. Jeremy, shout outs, Germ. Um, he's still my friend to this day. And one of our foundational things was playing RuneScape and talking about it, playing it every night and then talking about it at school the next day. And, um, you know, formed a long lasting friendship, um, with many people. Um, some of my really close friends to this day, uh, shout out Matherin and Zach as well. Some of the Oregon boys, um, RuneScape, you know? And I think it, for me, it, one of my big things um, in my adult life is thinking long-term. Um, I think this is a, a, another skill that has been taught to me from a video game that I think uh, very much applies in real life. I'm not sure if you feel this way too, Matt, but um, the older you get, the longer term your goals really become, right? Yeah. So when you're, when you're like a teenager, when I was playing RuneScape back then, I didn't really understand this, this sort of mentality. Um, and then through high school and through college, you're just trying to get through the next the next day. You're just trying to do your homework and get to the weekend and keep going. And when you get to your adult life, when you graduate from college or if you go to college and you graduate and you end up ending the adult life, getting a getting a job and paying bills and paying rent and all that stuff. Life just goes by so fast. It really does. Um, and life has gone by so, so quickly for me since I graduated from school. And I think in terms of like a real grind now where I'm thinking years out, years out, years out. Um, here's my financial goals. Here's my personal goals. I want to grow this, right? Um, we want to start a podcast and, and grow that, right? I think that RuneScape is a really good microcosm example of kind of setting some long-term goals and just grinding very slowly towards those goals. There's no way to do it otherwise, right? There's yeah. there's just the grind in that game. And it's it's kind of a caricature of a grind in a way where everybody that's in the RuneScape community, which I love the old school RuneScape community, everyone's just like makes comments or jokes or they understand that it's just a grind. And I think that's kind of special where people are like, oh, man, I'm losing out on XP right now, like by recording this podcast episode <laughs> or like, oh, like I'm at the gym working out. Oh, I'm losing out on XP, though. Like even if you're doing something healthy in real life, you're like missing out on the grind in RuneScape, yeah. which I think is a hilarious mentality. Of course, in jest, it's all it's mostly a joke, I'd say, <laughs> for people. Um, but just that slow, methodical, achievement oriented goal, um, even though it is. A video game and even though it's fake at the end of the day um it means something to somebody right and our goals for our own personal selves are arbitrary at the end of the day so as long as you develop the skill and the mentality in your own head to grind over a long period of time you'll you'll be all right you know yeah. as long as we we understand how to set that arbitrary goal way out and just slowly, methodically, over the course of years, just try and hit it. And that's what 99 Slayer is. <laughs> Slayer. I don't I actually, I leveled I, my Slayer. I think, I think 99 Runecrafting would probably be the like prime example of just grind. I think that's the hardest skill to hit 99 with. Um, shout, Runecrafting, you know, yeah. yeah. Or I prayer. Think, yeah, I think you can buy your way through to 99 prayer I, I think that runecrafting just takes a million years mm -hmm. uh yeah. if anybody out there uh in the discord could uh chime in on some runescape runescape <laughs> memes or just the the general vibe here uh 
definitely chime in. What I did love about RuneScape for myself growing up was that I, I really felt like it taught me um, like the basics of economics. Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it really does have its very own unique little economy in the game. You know, the Grand Exchange very much was affected by how, you know, supply and demand and like basic things like that. So much so that merchant clans became a thing where they would literally manipulate prices like in the same way we, we manipulate not you not we but the same way um daddy people are like reddit or daddy hedge funds manipulate <laughs> stock prices in the real world so super interesting all right that's well that's one of my mount rushmores yeah uh i love that i love that i played a lot of runescape growing up too not on my mount rushmore list thank god otherwise we'd be two for two but a incredible game so i have a i have an interesting pick for my next one um I don't even love the game that much. I had a lot of fun playing it, but kind of like what you were saying, I love like the memories that come from this game. And I love like kind of how it affected my life and just all the good times associated with it. So uh, my pick is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. So to kind of dig into it um basically like this is just a game that i basically met and like really got closer to to some of my closest friends through simply put um fun fact um our our good mutual friend uh lucas rick ricky ricky uh, our good friend ricky i basically met him playing video games and some of my other like closest friends from my hometown um I had a group out playing, you know, online video games with only like Xbox 360 growing up and eventually, you know, started playing Xbox Live with these other guys. And then I met them at school and then just it's like the same thing you said with RuneScape. Like we would go home every night and play a crap ton of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Search and Destroy. Uh, oh, and then, I loved me some Search and Destroy. Search and Destroy. And then we just talk about it at school the whole next day. And then I like literally met these guys like I, I, I joined like a party through mutual friends, like an Xbox live party. And they're like, Oh yeah, we go to, you know, my, my middle school too. And I was like, Oh sick. And then we would start hanging out. Um, and that's like literally basically how I met Ricky. If I remember correctly, did um, you play hardcore search and destroy? Uh, no, I like normal. Okay. I was a big fan yeah. of hardcore search. Hardcore is cool. It's kind of more like counter striking that way where it's like one shot. Yeah. Um, but just so many great memories. And I mean, just gaming memories in general, like so many memes would come from that. And like in our little friend group, and there's like six V six search and destroy is stupid fucking fun. Like when you have a full party of uh, your friends that you're just fucking like clowning around with. And I remember I would run this, uh, I don't know how many of our listeners played Modern Warfare too, but I'd run right shield and search and destroy. So what I would do, I had to have the right shield. Then I would have dual akimbo uh, pistols, USPs. And then I would have Danger Close Pro. Um, I think I had like Commando Pro or something and then Scavenger. So what I would do was they would just waste all their bullets on my right shield. And then before they could reload, I would just whip out my Kimbo pistols and just like take them out super quick. <laughs> Which one was Scavenger? Uh, you could like pick up uh, ammo on the ground. But even if it wasn't your gun, it still refilled your ammo. And what was um, 
Was Commando the one that made you invisible to UAVs? No, that was no, cold that was blooded. cold-blooded. Commando, was Commando gave you like falling, uh, free, no falling damage, and more lunge, and more your, lunge on your yeah. on your melee, dude. I remember yeah. that Commando perk was pretty broken early on because like yeah. people would lunge from so far away. Oh, that was a cool perk. That was only yeah. in Modern Warfare Two mm-hmm. as well. It wasn't in Modern Warfare One. Yeah, but the best part of that setup was actually I had C4 Danger Close Pro, and I would be able to since I had a bright shield, I could just like detonate it super close to myself and just get catch the person with me <laughs> and then I you were that guy it. i know i was like a total troll um <laughs> super fun so many great memories made friends literally very close in real life friends because of it and just an all-around great game and not counting melee and project m because for me melee and project m kind of exists in its own special like microcosm almost like i don't even in a weird way i almost don't even consider it a video game um at this point in my life it's just like a thing i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a hobby it's a hobby it's an activity Um, but modern warfare 2 has been some of my favorite gaming memories ever by far yeah that's cool i do remember there was a really great time where i would come home from high school and i was probably like 14 and you'd boot up the xbox 360 and then like find a match and it was just so sick. It was yeah. just like, was you just play like, you play, like, you know, an hour before you actually start on any sort of homework or like before you had like an after school snack or like dinner exactly, was going to be yeah. racing. And it was just like so pure. But the ironic part is that Xbox Live was absolutely not pure. It was just it got filled oh with guys God. with filled with guys like you, dude. Just Terribly, terrible people on there. You were one like, of those terrible people. But I wasn't yelling at people. I was like 12 year old getting yelled at by like college kids. <laughs> oh man, that was oh, awful. Man. That was uh it's good times, good times. All right, good good Mount Rushmore pick. I, I, I enjoyed that one. All right. This next one for me, uh this is probably a pretty obvious one for those of you that have been listening to the pod for a while. And it's gonna be the witness. Uh, I'm going to talk as spoiler-free-ish as I can about this game, um, just because I know that I eventually do want to do it for the pod. Um, This game legitimately changed the course of my life um, when I played it. Uh, I played it when I was about 21 years old in my final few years of college. Um, And, you know, I thought I knew a lot about the world at that time. Um, And then this game showed me that I really didn't know anything. Uh, And I think... It's it's really hard to explain without doing any sort of spoilers with the game, so I'll tread lightly. But this game taught me so much about um, what makes a great game, what makes great art, great theory. Uh, I learned things about religion, spirituality, materialism, creationism, logic, problem solving, just to name a few. Um, I picked up anecdotes. I picked up uh, stories and folklore. Um, this game created a thirst for knowledge and a curiosity in me that still continues um, today. And, you know, so much uh, we do these Anything's Possible episodes oftentimes about our own specific topic, right? I love learning about new things as much as I love podcasting and talking about new things. And that's one of the reasons why I think that our format, why I really love our format, right, is I, I love doing research on a topic um, I love like getting curious about something and going down a rabbit hole. And The Witness is like almost the definition of that. It's like so much of diving into um, the world that it presents to you and getting in teaching you and learning more and more and more over the game. It's a game that is very generous. It gives m- more of itself to you over time. There's no gimmicks. There's no hit. There's nothing hidden there. 
Um, and you know, for those of you that have played it and you're on the Discord, hit me up. I would love to talk about it. I, I don't think I have anybody to talk about this game with. Um, and for those of you that don't really know what I'm talking about, this is a AAA 2016 puzzle game um, taking place on an isolated island. And the basic concept of the game is you go around on this island and you solve these puzzles. And they all have a very similar format. It's sort of a flat panel um, and you move a line from point A to point B. And it sounds simple, but it gets very complicated and it, it gets a lot deeper um, as you play more of the game. And like I said, it it sounds weird or it's it might sound boring to a lot of people and I totally get it, but I put 100 hours into a puzzle game, um, which is The Witness, and I, I don't regret a single second of it. Dang. How many hours? 100? So if you want to 100% the game, um, you could technically beat the game. You could beat the game very quickly. I'll put it that way. You you can beat the game very very fast if you if you want to. Um, for me, who didn't really look up any solutions, who kind of just played through the game as best he could, it took me about a hundred hours. Dang, I hundred percent the game though. Uh, that's impressive. That's, yeah. that's, I don't know if I could do that. I'm um. <laughs> I'll be candid. I love puzzles. I don't even know that's a lie. I like puzzles. <laughs> I'm really bad at puzzles. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I'd, I'd be really curious. I don't know if we'll... I, I really am curious how we'll It'd be, be a difficult game just for the pod. Purely for time reasons yeah, to do yeah. for the pod. Um, if we ever do this full time, maybe we can do it eventually. But even then, like that's a, still a lot of game to play in two or three weeks. We have to get super ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in playing it just most of my game time these days go to the pod and yeah so we'd have to play it for the pod yeah but it would be a hard game to just generally do for the pod in general but yeah 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 all right that's that's one of my rushmores go ahead i love that honestly so mm, can we do an honorable mention after this like something that almost made the Uh, list but didn't yeah i'm I'm gonna allow i'm gonna allow it cool i have two honorable mentions i want to give but uh and thank you for allowing it by the way that's very sweet uh So my my final Mount Rushmore has got to be um, none other than Kingdom Hearts. I knew it. Two. I knew it. Oh, two. Okay. Two. Actually, that, that's that's the good one, right? Or that's the better one. It's the best one, and one of the best ones, in my opinion. Um, Birth by Sleep is really a great, good too. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts two specifically. Um, so. Just the emotions that this game made me feel at the young ripe age I played it at. And just when I was like, uh, I must have been like probably 10 or 11 when I played this game for the first time. And I just thought it was the deepest shit in the world at the time. Like fucking hearing Utaru Hikaru, (laughs) my sanctuary. You know, yeah, sanctuary, yeah, and you and I melt Melt away. away. Yeah, yeah, that Um, shit's that shit's actually cool. And fucking having like the biggest like ten year old crush on like fucking Kyrie growing up. Like, um, no, I I love the Kingdom Hearts series. I love Kingdom Hearts two specifically, um, for multiple reasons. I mean, honestly, I think, and I I've been harping Lucas actually recently. I want I really want to do this game for the pod. Um, but I think this is just such an incredible game. Um, gameplay wise, I think it's so fun and 
it, it improves on everything from the original Kingdom Hearts and adds in fun dynamics and fun new things and fun new ways to fight. It makes the combat a little bit more deep. Um, I think the story is so much better. It really starts to form and it really starts to take like a very clear direction. You know, it, in, in Kingdom Hearts 1, it's very clear. Like, you can get very, it's very easy to tell from playing the later games that like Kingdom Hearts 1, they were like, ah, I don't know if this is even going to really stick. So we're going to lay the very basic outlines of a story. Yeah. And then if it works, we'll fill it in as we go and we'll make callbacks like, oh, we knew what we were doing the whole time, even though we really didn't. Um, you can really see that as you go on in the game. But like Kingdom Hearts 2 is where the game really got its uh, its tone, its own um, you know, unique sense of um, identity. And just like the, the voice acting cast in it was incredible. Fucking Haley Joel Osment fucking um jesse mccartney's in it oh really <laughs> yeah he plays roxas um jesse mccartney is actually a very good voice actor too that that aside um he does robin in uh young justice wow it's very I, good. I never thought or, i would hear that take yeah. on, on <laughs> jesse mccartney's a really great voice actor yeah very surprising <laughs> Just, um, oh okay but an incredible game and made me like a stupid loyal fan of the series and just one that one of those games that I really bonded with my sister over like for all the games we played that we wouldn't always like sharing our games or whatever, you know, or like we wouldn't like talking about the games we were playing with each other. But Kingdom Hearts 2 was one of the ones that we both like unanimously loved and loved to like just talk about and like theorize about like where the story is going and stuff like that. And just kind of like, you know, just be like standing it together, basically. Um yeah, such, such a great game and just really was like one of the kind of like bonding video games for my sister and I and just literally made me a fan of a video game series for over, you know, 13 years. Like I literally waited 13 years for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out. That's not an exaggeration. That's like a, a that's fact, so crazy right? that um, I mean, you and a million millions and yeah. millions of other people. And the fact that like I was that loyal for that one. Granted, they had stuff come out in between like um uh, not mainland stories, but still stuff relevant to the main games. Um, but the fact that like they made me stupid loyal for 13 years and just like consistently looking forward to this is incredible. And yeah, I love uh, I love Kingdom Hearts 2 and I love Kingdom Hearts Tetsuya Nomura. Um, I will keep playing your your games. It's I don't even think it's my choice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you he's got a grip on you. He's got an iron grip on me. Him and him and Mickey, Mickey Mouse have an iron yeah. iron card grip on me. I am uh I'm I'm just want to say I will play Kingdom Hearts 2 when we get to it for the pod. I mean, I mean I'm excited to get to it for the pod for sure cuz I I was actually just listening to some Kingdom Hearts 1 music yesterday. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. Um I I mean, I did genuinely really love that game. It just was, it was hard. It was a hard one. Uh, Kingdom, Hearts, but, Kingdom Hearts 1 is, each Kingdom Hearts game in the mainline series gets a little bit more forgiving. Um, Kingdom Hearts 1 is very hard. I think we we're still crawling out of that hard game era. Yeah. It was like early Kingdom 2000. Hearts 2 is a little bit more forgiving. And Kingdom Hearts 3 is like, a, difficulty wise, a joke compared to the, it's uh, yeah. its predecessors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember you talking yeah. about that. Well, great, man. Love it. Great, great Mount Rushmore pick there. Um, and not unexpected for uh, people that have been listening for a little while. So, yeah. awesome. Uh, all right, my last Mount Rushmore of gaming. Um, and I think this will be a little bit of a weird pick for people. I haven't really talked about this one too much on the pod. Um, I don't think I've really even mentioned my love of this game. Uh, well, maybe, maybe you know about this. But I'm going to go with Fingda... <laughs> Phoenix Wright, 
Ace Attorney, Trials and Tribulations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I the, love yeah, those are good games. Yeah, those are great games, and I I played so much of those games growing up. Um, as I was making my Mount Rushmore list, I was like really going in my head and trying to figure out like what are the games that like really had an effect on me, and this one was like a hidden core memory of mine, um, and I was just like, wait. Trials and Tribulations just like changed my life or not changed my life. I, I keep saying that, but like Trials and Tribulations was there for me when nobody else was. <laughs> um, when I played this game, um, I was actually in the midst of moving, uh, making the big childhood move that I made, um, which I think I've talked about before on the pod, where I moved from Southern California to Oregon. Um, so when you're 12 years old, going from Southern California, Pomona, California to Corvallis, Oregon, uh, it's a big shift. Uh, things, you know, it's like lots small town life, um, completely different culture wise. And the thing I had, you know, I had to make all new friends, had to find my, you know, way around a whole new school and a whole new setting. And the thing I had with me, my Nintendo DS and the game I had that I was playing Phoenix, right? Ace <laughs> attorney trials and tribulations, which is seriously an amazing game. Um, you know, I, I like there, I, I would recommend anybody that's, you know, even slightly interested in the mystery genre or, you know, you're into like murder mysteries or you watch CSI or Law and Order or whatever, you know, pick this game up and just like play some of the old games. They're they're visual, they're the visual novel genre. So you're basically just reading a book and finding out like who murdered somebody over the course of a trial. And uh, there's comedy in them, they're lighthearted, they're fun. Um, and genuinely really great mysteries as far as like mysteries go. Um, there's like it specifically in trials and tribulations, there's like a multi-layered twist after twist after twist where it's like that guy killed him. Wait, no, that guy killed him in this location, but wait, actually the body was moved. And it's like genuinely great mystery tropes play out in all of these games. And that, that one is, is incredible, especially the ending to trials and tribulations. No spoilers here is so sick. I, I don't know if you played that one specifically. Mm -hmm. I've played the, is that the first one? Uh, no, that's the third one. So oh, I haven't played the third one. No. Okay, I played the first it, one that I played a few that came out on the 3DS. Yeah, that's good. There's also a Phoenix Wright anime. Um, yeah, that, I think that it's covers, based off the first game. Yeah, it's it's actually, I think it's going through all the games. So it's going, oh, it goes in okay. order. Cool. Yeah, um, I watched a little bit of it uh, and it the animation is not the best. It's like just totally uh, trying to be a video game it's trying to video gamify an anime it's kind yeah. of a weird in a weird space but hey you know if you need some phoenix right in your life you can watch the anime um all right that's that's what i got for the mount rushmore love that yeah phoenix right is um that'd be i think that they're coming out with a new one pretty soon actually i remember texting you about that that'd be well, a fun <laughs> one to do for the pod because that'll be a fresh one we both haven't played because playing the older ones would be kind of those are the games that, unfortunately, at least for me, don't have like that much replay value just because like a lot of the big twists are like what well, really make them. Fun. Yeah, and I remember the twist still, so it's yeah. it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so fun. It would just be like just kind of slogging along. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely a potential option though. Um, all right, I want to give a couple honorable mentions for myself really quickly. Um, one, Mario. Power Tennis Tour for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> You're going to go with this one. Um, no, no, nothing deep here. I just played a shit ton out of that game. I don't know why. I wanted to put at least 100 hours into that game. It's just a Mario Tennis game on the Game Boy. But it has a surprisingly really good story mode in it um, where you're like a, 
like a, a like a human normal human attending like a tennis academy like a tennis academy boarding school and a normal human yeah like and, a non a non mario yeah and the <laughs> legend a non mario character and the legend is that oh whoever wins this year's tennis tournament will get to meet the best players of all time and go to their land and play tennis with them and their tournaments and it's just like fucking mario and peach and like like that's uh, awesome dude and they frame them as like these legends that like grace them with the game of tennis or something i don't know it's very weird um hang on is uh, so you're a normal human in the mario verse it's like a separate world almost okay okay i was gonna say is it canon that like humans is mario not a human <laughs> like, it's mario. well i mean like um you know you're not like picking up flowers and shit you know yeah okay uh and then journey Ooh, okay man you really you really loved that game i did i had such an emotional experience with our good friend bubble in the pod yeah, yeah. um i was actually just talking uh, talking to them today a little bit actually oh nice <laughs> they're um working on a project that they were sharing with me and it's very exciting but yeah i just love that game and, like once i realized what was going on with like the fact that i was randomly paired up with another person i don't know it was just i mean you were literally there with that whole playthrough though you were like bro are you are you good like yeah i know you were you were going through it bro it was it's just a very emotional game somehow and very incredible yeah awesome great honorable mentions uh i got um chrono trigger for an honorable mention mm. um if anybody wants to know why i love that game so much we have a chrono trigger episode that just got released i think last month love that game so much um very very formative um just all around great game even by today's standards uh and my next one's gonna be uh ocarina of time legend of zelda ocarina oh. of time um i'm not sure if i ever told you this story but uh ocarina of time is like the first game i ever beat but like i didn't really beat it so i was uh when i was very young uh you know i i'm the youngest of many siblings and um there was always video games in our household um i grew up with a super nintendo and n64 uh dreamcast all, all the all the regular systems and my brothers are huge gamers too and my my oldest brother um, had a save file on Ocarina of Time, and I was in kindergarten and would get home. You know, obviously, kinder kindergartners like will have a half day, so you get home before all your older siblings would. And I remember I played through the save file on Ocarina of Time, which was already at the very last boss, <laughs> and I actually played through the final sequence of that game when I was really young, um, and I beat it. So, <laughs> so like the game was spoiled for me before I even really understood what was going on before I could read, uh, which, which is pretty funny. And, um, so there's never been a point in my, in my life where I never knew I like, I, I don't even have any memories of like pre Ocarina of time, if that makes sense. It's just, it always has existed. It's just always existed. It's just always existed, which is really cool yeah. to think about. Um, and we will be doing that game for the pod, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'm, uh. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll, talk. <laughs> we'll strike a deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This um, was this was great. Um, I, I hope that our audience has gotten a little bit of a level set of kind of where our tastes lie with games mm -hmm. and like what we really value in games and sort of where we sort of the importance that they have in our lives or like, you know, I, I think it's it's really like our first two games that we picked. It's all it was mostly about like community and friendship that like drove why yeah. we really love those yeah. games right so like smash brothers and you know for you call of duty and for me like runescape it's like they made friends for us and i think that's like super important to think about when it comes to video games i mean those are some of the best things about 
yeah um games right is all the it it brings people together contrary to what the stereotype will tell you probably right um yeah video games are cool play video games everyone play community driven video games that's that's where we'll end that at um (laughs) all right everyone thanks for hanging out and remember anything's possible Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch Red Circle 